2: Hello and welcome to the 25th annual Subliminal Deception Podcast, your weekly dose of conspiracy theory bullshit. My name is Cody and I'm joined by my pal Phil. How are you? Doing good, Cody. How about yourself? Not too bad. Not too bad. You know what? Uh, Labor Day weekend at work and for some reason apparently that means... Everybody wants to go out and buy a car, so it's been uh, extra busy. Uh, how's work been treating you?
1: Uh, it's been good. Uh, you know, we've slowed down a little bit, so um, I actually got the full Labor Day uh, weekend. I wasn't happy about that, so, <laughs> so it's it weighs out. It's
2: good. Yeah, it's true. How about a uh, wizard update? We need a wizard update. Well, I'm a little worried,
1: actually, that you might be listening because I came out for lunch, came out of the uh, cafeteria the other day. He was not wearing his wizard hat, and I did not see him today. So I'm a little worried. Possibly he might be a listener. So if you're out there, just know the wizard hat, you're fucking rocking it. Dude. Yeah. Just
2: keep wearing it. Not many. One people, of these days, I'm going to talk to you. Not many people can pull it off, and apparently he was pulling it off, right? Oh yeah.
1: I mean, definitely if you look at him without the wizard hat, you'd just be like, dude, put put the hat back
2: on. Like They <laughs> were ha- killing it. Did he have glasses hat. too? He does have glasses. Oh yeah. Um, so who was I gonna ask? Oh, were you a big fan of the remake or the remake of it, the first one?
1: Uh I did watch it. Um I was so I'm a pretty big fan of the old one. Uh the new one was pretty good. Just because I'm such a huge fan of the old one, um, I I wasn't that into it. But I think a lot of people seem to like it.
2: So I'm actually pretty pumped because I get to go like this Thursday night. I'm going to see the second one. I actually was a really big fan of the remake. I know a lot of people are kind of like lukewarm on it, I guess. You know what yeah. I mean? I, I really liked it. So is it like you liked the Tim Curry Pennywise, which he was the actor from the original one? First, the new kid? Was that kind of what got you?
1: Uh, a little bit. Yeah, I think Um, I really like I think that this it is visually more terrifying. Just the so I don't know how to exactly explain this. I'm not like a film geek, but just how like normal you uh the old it felt more serial killery than a demon. Mm, you know? Yeah, right. Like because the old one would lure you in more like a normal human being and then it would be. Like a demon. This one feels like a demon the entire time. So I think the old one is a little scarier.
2: Do you remember the ending of the last one or the original? Uh, The part two when they're older. Yeah, when they're older, what? like what Pennywise looks like when they're like fighting him in the last battle. No, I don't. <laughs> he's, like, <laughs> he's like a giant spider. Do you remember oh, that? Yeah. <laughs> he's like a yeah. big spider. Okay. And they're like, sh- I think they're using a slingshot. To like shoot a, silver pellets at him or something. A slingshot and little pieces of silver. Yeah, yeah. I remember the because I rewatched it. I obviously I was we were right in that age group where you're like everyone's fucking terrified of it because it came out right when we were little kids. And when I rewatched it maybe like a year ago, the very end of it, I was like, uh, I don't know this him turning into a giant spider or whatever kind of takes away from it from me but wow. the overall movie's pretty good um have you ever heard <laughs> the like maybe someone will even send us a correction on this but from what I've heard the original book Stephen King goes into like graphic detail about the kids having sex like it's creepy no I haven't actually read the book um I haven't heard about that no I haven't I haven't read the book either but Someone has told me about that, like, he goes into, like, extreme graphic detail, basically about kids having sex, and it's pretty fucking uh, not necessary, I'd say. I know Stephen King's like a, he loves details, but goddamn. Yeah,
1: that's a little weird. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I know, it's, uh, like, the cast in the second one, when they're adults, actually has a pretty good, like, layout of people i think like it has the guy who played uh professor xavier and it has the girl who played the redhead in the jurassic park remakes i can never remember her name
1: yeah it has uh is it jim hater the tall dude is oh he in it yeah
2: it does yeah yeah yeah, yeah. jim hater uh or no bill hater bill hater yeah. Hater, yeah from like um uh, what's his show right now barry barry oh, on barry. hbo yeah do you like that show yeah, I've seen a few episodes. Uh, it was first season, so it looked pretty good. You, you thought it was funny though?
1: Yeah, he's like a uh, like a actor in training in some improv group, and he's also like what is he an assassin or something like that?
2: Yeah, he's an improv. He's trying to be an improv actor and an assassin or something. I don't know. I've had people recommend like checking it out because it's actually pretty good, but I have I haven't yet.
1: But anyway, yeah, it's a, it feels a little dextery.
2: But yeah. Oh, really? Hmm. A I little bit, see that. Yeah. Tiny I, bit. I could see that. Anyway, so um, we're going to continue our saga here with we did Roswell last week and now we're doing Area 51 this week for the alleged upcoming invasion. Um, do you do you think people are still going to go through with it? Do you think people are going to show up there? Ooh,
1: I think a lot of the internet steam has died down, but I do think that people are just going to show up to like the area. Like they're gonna they're gonna meet up at like the different like well, you know the different spots. Like there's a uh, like the gift shop area around Area 51. <laughs> I think people are going to show up there, like on the outskirts.
2: Um, from what we'll probably talk about. Um, Rachel, Rachel, Nevada is where the nearest, like, most popular town near Area 51 is. Have you ever heard of Mm. Rachel, Nevada?
1: No, I haven't. Is it by, like, the supposed mailbox, like, that people always talk about?
2: Um, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't see anything about a mailbox. Okay. Maybe, maybe you'll have to bring it up once we get to, like, the theory section. Because we're basically, when I was researching this, I learned a lot about Area 51 might not be quite what we think it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. But we're going to talk about the location very close to Area 51 that I believe all the action is actually at. So we'll start off here. We're going to just go through, uh, you know, basic information. Let's learn a little bit about Area 51. So... Area Fifty One is the common name of the highly classified United States Air Force f- facility located within the Nevada Test and Training Range. Officially, the facility is called Homey Airport. <laughs> Homey Airport, I guess. All right, or Groom Lake. Have you heard of Groom Lake? I've heard it, Groom Lake. Yeah, but, heard not, that. but not, but not Homey Airport. No, I've never heard of Homie Airport. <laughs> it might be HOMEY. It's H-O-M-E-Y. I think that's Homie. HOMEY or Homie? yeah. Anyway. Yeah. It's named after the salt flat situated next to the airfield. Although details of the facility's operations are not publicly known, the United States Air Force says it is an open training range and is most likely supports the development and testing of experimental aircrafts and weapon systems. So obviously that kind of makes sense. If that they're telling us that's what's there, they would definitely want to keep that shit secret, right?
1: Yeah, um, I've heard of quite a few aircraft that ran through there. Um, you ever heard of the SR-71, the Blackbird?
2: I have not. Actually, um, save that piece of information because I'm going to be going through some of the airplanes, secret airplanes that they were working on um, in, like, the 40s, 50s, 60s, and that have been declassified. And maybe you can bring up... Do you know the year that one was tested there or made there?
1: Uh, I know that it's, like, a real long time ago. Mm. Um, It just became declassified, like, I think during the 90s or the 80s. And then they immediately stopped using it once they declassified it.
2: Mm. Well, Um, when I start going through the planes... Something I noticed is like, okay, they they have whatever program for a certain type of plane and then they just continuously keep modifying it. So like that plane could have been a direct ancestor or direct result of the earlier secret planes they were working on at Area 51, which is kind of cool, actually. Anyway, Area 51 is located in Southern Nevada, roughly about 83 miles north Northwest of Las Vegas. Um, the original rectangular base of 6 by 10 miles is now part of the so called Groom Box, a, re- a rectangular area measuring 23 by 25 miles of restricted airspace. So it got quite a bit bigger over the years. Area 51 shares a border with the Yucca Flat region of the Nevada test site, the location of Seven hundred thirty-nine of nine hundred twenty-eight nuclear tests conducted by the United States Department of Energy. So that's a lot of nuclear tests.
1: Yeah, no wonder that they don't <laughs> want people
2: going in there. <laughs> no, people just stay away. 928. Holy shit. Have you ever heard yeah. have you ever heard the like conspiracy that John Wayne was killed by radioactive, uh, like, desert sand. Yeah, I have heard that rumor, that he got radiation
1: poisoning from, like, on, they filmed on location,
2: mm-hmm. and, yeah, I've heard that. So maybe it was some of the fucking sand or whatever that was taken from here.
1: Yeah, I just can't believe that they did all of that nuclear testing. Well, I mean, Las Vegas wasn't as big back then as it is now, but, like, people lived out there, you know? yeah. I can't believe they <laughs> did that inside the borders of the United States. 900 and how many times? Like, yeah,
2: that's so many. That's so fucking yeah. many. I don't know how, like, do you think they could have did, like, mini nuclear tests instead of, like, large-scale ones? So it didn't well, irradiate a huge area or whatever?
1: Yeah, I know that they did do a lot of underground testing.
2: Oh, so they okay. Did
1: some, they did some underground testing, like, down in some, like, caves. They've done high-altitude testing also, um, which is really scary to think about because imagine how far that shit goes when you explode it up in the stratosphere, you know?
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's a very good point. Anyway, the origin of the name Area 51 is unclear. It is believed to be from the Atomic Energy Commission's, the Atomic Energy Commission numbering grid. Although Area 51 is not part of this system, it is adjacent to Area 15. Another explanation is that 51 was used because it is unlikely that the Atomic Energy Commission would use a number that high. So almost like they named it Area 51 to hide what it actually was. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, I keep hearing, you, you always hear these wackos like, oh, you think Area One's the bad place? Like, you've never even heard of Area 54. <laughs> like, like, oh, yeah, huh, what's at Area 54? <laughs> you know, they're just trying to, like, suck you in. Uh-huh. Like, oh,
2: something I don't know. I, but when I heard that, it kind of makes sense because if someone sees Area yada yada, they'll instantly assume it's just the Atomic Energy Commission spot. So if they name a secret base Area 51, then people might be like, oh, that's nothing. That's just the Atomic Energy Commission. Nobody gives a fuck about that. You know what I mean? Yeah, just like anything random could be just in there. Right. I can see that. Uh, It makes you wonder, how much other shit are they hiding in plain sight that like nobody even realizes?
1: Yeah, that's true. I mean, there's so much like those old school like world war Two and then like cold war testing shit that they used to do in like in cities oh yeah that's just some random office building and then there was like crazy like animal genetics testing going on there
2: <laughs> like you hear a lot about that shit
1: it sounds Hiding like shit a- in plain sight
2: you know what genetic animal testing phil that sounds like an amazing episode for <laughs> this podcast
1: yeah fucking uh what is uh what does Alex Jones call them? Fucking chimeras. I love, I love, it's my new favorite one ever since fucking he was on JRE. Talk about chimeras. <laughs> <laughs> it's our joke at work.
2: <laughs> Just say everything's a fucking chimera. Yeah. <laughs> for about three weeks we said everything was a chimera well see you say it so aggressively that's what adds to the flair of it too
1: no that's how alex jones says it he doesn't chimera. just say chimera he says chimera
2: <laughs> does he know what like a chimera is in like is a greek or whatever mythology i think it's like a tiger bird snake yeah he-
1: yeah, he says that it's like an
2: animal-human
1: hybrid, is what uh, kind of he says it is. Okay. But I think he just calls it chimera just to, like, give it pop, you know?
2: Well, apparently he thinks frogs can be gay when I'm pretty sure they're asexual anyway. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, he does. uh He's got some <laughs> crazy theories. Some of his theories do hold a little bit of water, but
2: a lot of other ones are a little leaky. So, <laughs> he's great, though. He is. Just don't believe anything he says. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> officially, Area 51 is called Homie Airport or Groom Lake, according to the CIA. But in a declassified document from the Vietnam War, it was referred to as Area 51. So for some reason, way back then, it was supposed to be, you know, Homey Airport or Groom Lake. But the CIA in secret documents was still calling it Area 51. So, the facility has also been referred to as Dreamland and Paradise Ranch. Have you ever heard of that?
1: Yep, I heard both of those. Oh, I've yep. heard Dreamland.
2: Uh, Charles Hall called it Dreamland. Ah, okay. Right, the Tall Whites guy. Yep, the Tall Whites guy. <laughs> I love that guy. He's a badass. <laughs> yep. So, we're going to start talking from the beginning of uh, Area 51, So the airfield on the Groom Lake site began service in 1942 as Indian Springs Air Force Auxiliary Field. The CIA established the Groom Lake Testing Facility in April 1955 for Project Aquatone. The development of the Lockheed U-2 Strategic Reconnaissance Aircraft. Now, have you ever heard of this thing?
1: Yeah, so that is the aircraft. Um, So this is how it lands. Basically, they have to have uh, Dodge Chargers run along with it and uh, put the landing gear, like hook it up underneath in order for it to land.
2: Really? Yeah,
1: Yeah, run along vehicles. They use like Dodge Chargers.
2: Like well, okay, it probably wouldn't be back did they have charges in fifty five? Probably now. You're probably thinking more of the sixties, probably. That's the
1: that's what they use right
2: now. Oh, right now. Yeah. Okay. See, this is the original plane that I was talking about that it seems like a lot of their other planes kind of like came from. You know what I mean? So which is kinda neat. You ever heard of Project Aquatone? No, I haven't. That's a cool name, though. I it like sounds—it it sounds like a fucking aftershave old men put on. Yeah. <laughs> what if you just go in there and like the whole facility just smells like fucking old people after they shave? I'm like, God, what does that smell? Old man Musk. <laughs> this is Project Aquatone, baby. It's classified. Don't ask about it. <laughs> so then, Project Oxcart was established in August 1959 for anti-radar studies, aerodynamic structural tests, and engineering designs, and all later work on the Lockheed A-12. This included testing at Groom Lake, which had inadequate facilities consisting of buildings for only 150 people, a 5,000 square foot asphalt runway, a hangar, and shop space, Gloom Lake had received the name Area 51 when A-12 testing facility construction began in September 1960, including a new 8,500 feet runway to replace the existing runway. So they, uh, in the 60s, they began expanding it quite a bit. Maybe that's when the square footage of the actual restricted airspace started to get bigger as well. That's That's the only thing I can assume. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I do know that supposedly they increased that runway um, mm. to service, like, air, obviously larger aircraft. But, yeah, I think that the plane that I was talking about, the Blackbird, might have been pro- part of this project. Because they did a lot of aerodynamic testing. Mm. Um, okay. Like, if you see the Blackbird, it looks very aerodynamic. It's, oh, really?
2: Yeah. Well, so, in the 1962, during the height of the Cold War... What they would also do at Area 51 is take captured Russian aircrafts, bring them here, try to de-engineer them a little bit or like figure out the best way to like defeat them or, you know, create a defense against them, which is yeah. pretty. I mean, like obviously they'd want to keep that kind of, you know, under the radar, obviously. And then yeah, I can
1: I can see that. That's that's a smart thing to do. Yeah, And you got plenty of room to dogfight, you know?
2: Yeah, right, right. So basically from the 1960s forward, I believe they got this from like declassified documents later on that basically the government always would state from this point forward, Area 51 was essentially for creating prototype aircrafts and nothing else. That's what they always said it was for, you know, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So so basically, they're not going to tell you if there's something secret there, obviously. But that's what they're saying, and they're sticking to it. The thing that I thought was a little weird is I didn't realize the CIA was so deeply involved with Area 51.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, they're taking captured Russian MiGs and reverse engineering them. Of course, the CIA is going to be involved with any kind of, like, outside intelligence like russian you know
2: okay that, russian
1: uh technology coming in
2: so that makes sense for say area or for like during the cold war and stuff but like they're still involved there do you think that's a little weird yeah i mean i don't actually think that area
1: 51 right now is probably as active as it used to be mm. just because there's so much focus on it now
2: yeah Right.
1: But, I mean, it'd be stupid to still hold shit there. There's people all over the place on the outskirts trying to catch something. So you'd be kind of dumb to actually have real testing there.
2: Well, they, What if they had, like, underground bases or something? Like, it's, you see the base, but you have to go way underground to actually, like, see anything. Oh, yeah, I can imagine that.
1: What I mean is, like, overt, like, aerial oh, testing. Right, that's what right. I mean.
2: Yeah, okay, that's a good point. Yeah, I could see that. That's a good point. Maybe their test facility goes so deep, Phil, that it enters the hollow earth and then they fly their planes around inside the hollow earth. How about that one? With the
1: green people. Yeah. Yeah,
2: The green giants. That's true.
1: (laughs) They're like the
2: the perfect crash test dummies, the fucking green people from inside the earth. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. We cracked it. <laughs> that's, that's what's going on. Alright, so now I'm gonna go through a little bit little bit of the security. Uh most commuters to Area 51 travel on unmarked Boeing seven thirty-sevens or seven twenty-sevens. Planes depart from a terminal at the McCarran International Airport in Las Vegas. Defense contractor E. G. N. G. owns the terminal. Each plane uses the word Janet followed by three digits as a call sign to the airport's control tower. I have heard of this. Have you? Yep. Uh, The borders of Area 51 are not fenced, but are marked with orange poles and warning signs. The signs tell you that photography isn't allowed and that trespassing on the property will result in a fine, which seems pretty fucking mellow. I, when I read it, like, ooh, you take a picture, you're going to get a fine. Like, that doesn't seem that imposing, right? Yeah. <laughs> the sign also warns that security is authorized to use deadly force on people who insist on trespassing. Patrolling the perimeter will be pairs of men dressed in desert camo, often referred to as camo dudes. I'm sure you've heard <laughs> these, like, Area 51 stormers. We'll always be like, oh, here comes the camo dudes.
1: Yeah, you always, every time you see them, like, on the road right next to, like, the restricted area, you always see those Jeeps, and there's people, like, who are just kind of watching you. There's some kind of, probably, I'm guessing that they're the, uh, what do you call those, like, the Blackwater? Like,
2: it's some funny. kind of Merc, merc security. Uh, it's funny you mention that, Phil, because it's belie- it's believed by most that all of those people... Um, say like E. G and G, who owns the, the terminal, the guards around Area 51 work for companies like E.G. or something called Wacken Hut. Never heard even heard of that Wacken Hut. Yeah. i I've, I feel like I've heard of E. G and G, but I've never heard of Wacken Hut. That is kind of weird. I mean Wackenhut. Hut.
1: Maybe you haven't heard of them just <laughs> because they're so obscure. Like only the CIA uses them maybe like everyone's heard of blackwater because they were so overtly used during the wars um, so, so but i was going to i was going to ask are you going to say what janet stands for uh no do you know just another non-existent terminal
2: Oh, okay see that you yeah, bring burnt. in no- knowledge yeah i didn't i didn't know that so so they say janet and then i'm assuming the three digits are probably random or like particular to a certain plane that's coming in
1: yeah because every plane needs to have like a call sign for the um the people in the the aerial terminal trying to think of what they're called uh but yeah you need to have like a a tail number
2: oh okay but i'm saying like the unmarked planes that are specifically made to go from mccarran international straight into area 51 i imagine they'd have to have like a rotating code for like a specific moment for like extra security. Do you, does that make sense? Kind of. Um, yeah, kind of like, like I'm assuming a lot of planes have their own three digit code specifically for that plane. Right. And I would assume. Oh yeah. Tail numbers. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm saying like these planes that are made to go to area 51, which is a lot higher security they probably, like, rotate the numbers or something just to keep it so, so, like, there's no chance of, like, someone sneaking in there, like, something like that. Does that make sense?
1: Oh, yeah, I can I, I can see what
2: you're saying. Yeah, yeah, so. Trying to
1: not be doing the same shit every time. Yeah, the same right. plane, the same everything.
2: Um, I want to ask you, why would the gover- government be hiring, like, outside help or outside mercenaries to protect their base? Why wouldn't regular soldiers be trusted to do it
1: um well like a top secret mission type situation like that you wouldn't want like a regular trying to think of how a nice way to say this um (laughs) so you're gonna want more disposable people i would suppose um you're not gonna you're not gonna want to have some telling their family their families like oh where are you stationed like oh yeah i'm stationed over at nellis like where what do you do at nellis i guard area 51 you know like you're not gonna want that so you're gonna want people who are signing ndas you're gonna want people who know that like not to talk about their job you know yeah obviously military has like higher security clearance like levels Mm -hmm. but if you're guarding area 51 you would have to be pretty high up there So I doubt they would want anyone that high up just being a regular foot soldier grunt around the outside.
2: So Uh. I'm not entirely certain, but what it sounds like is like these, these mercenaries that they hire to defend, they're only allowed to defend the perimeter of area 51. They're not actually like allowed to go inside of it. Yeah, that would make sense. That's kind of what it sounds like. So I'm not entirely sure, but that's, Kind of what it sounds like. So, also,
1: I mean, it is part of government property, but I think that there's a rule against having like military, um, actual soldiers deployed outside of like bases. You know what I mean? Okay. There's- yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. If, if it's not an official base, I don't know if you can have like soldiers just driving around the outskirts and doing real patrols, like really far out from a base. So, I don't know quite how that works, but that might also be part of it. I'm just talking about out of, out of my ass on that one.
2: <laughs> but, I mean, it would make sense. Honestly, that, they, that does make sense, though.
1: Yeah, because there's rules against having soldiers deployed um, on American soil. So, right. that kind of deal.
2: I, that honestly makes sense, though. That really does make sense. If you were passing by a base and all of, there's nothing but like troops circling around it or whatever... That might come yeah. off, that might be a little off-putting to the, like, citizens. <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, well, I mean, if you go to, an, like, an American, like, an Air Force base, like, I've been to a bunch of them, you'll see people, like, out at Starbucks in their uniform. You'll see just random going to get groceries and going to do this and that, Um, especially in Amer- in the U.S. It's not so much in Europe anymore, but, um, yeah, you don't usually see people with their m4s patrolling (laughs) around the base that scares the local populace a little bit just
2: a little bit (laughs) (laughs) so anyway back to the subject here um so the protocol for these people is to first observe trespassers okay now if they step out of bounds any more than like the first whatever perimeter they're not supposed to breach apparently these guys will call the sheriff The local sheriff, and then he's supposed to come out there and arrest them before. So they don't really get involved in any of that. Now, if they go further than that with and maybe like the cops can't get there before them, there's the camo dudes will stop them. And then apparently they will take their film or their cameras or anything and seize any photos taken of the base or the area or anything like that. So apparently they have the authority to seize all of that. Now, do
1: they uh do they do a little bit of extra to just uh, ass kicking like any? Oh, I guarantee they do, you know, they do like give them a little bit of a fucking knot in their head, you know, like just pop them once.
2: Maybe that's the other thing, too, that we're not considering, because if you are getting beat up by soldiers outside of a base, that's really bad. But if you're getting yeah. beat up by like mercenaries, what are you going <laughs> to you, you can't do shit? We can't you. What are you going to do?
1: You got the Dale Gribble types yeah, from fucking uh, <laughs> those mercenaries. Oh, I love that show. Um, King of the Hill. But yeah, I, whenever I say mercenaries, I always think of him. But um, yeah, no, I mean, if a merc, if honestly, if they step out of line, it's a whole different deal. They might have a whole different set of operation or a whole sep- different set of guidelines that they can do.
2: Oh, I'm sure you know, they to can. An
1: Ameri- to an American civilian. Right. Well, I suppose it
2: would just be, like, two citizens fighting each other, kind of, right? Pretty much. And then if you sue, the U.S.
1: government doesn't get sued. This corporation gets sued.
2: Right. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Yeah, Mm -hmm. never thought of that. Okay, now the final thing is, apparently, on very, very, very rare occasions, if people get too far in, they will bring a helicopter out, and they'll fly, like, super low to the ground to, like, intimidate them, which is apparently highly illegal, but if you're invading a base, nobody's gonna really give a shit, right? So, yeah, um, it sounds like they don't, are like, har- have hardly ever done that, but apparently that's something they will do if you get too far into it. I'm guessing that
1: that helicopter probably... I wonder how many steps until they start giving warning shot. You
2: know? I don't know. I guess people might find out by the time of this recording if they try to <laughs> storm the fucking base. So I didn't include it in like my conspiracy stuff, but have you heard of these black helicopters? Yes. Okay, so have you ever heard that they're like stored here and they're created here and like they have special ones here and all that? Do you remember hearing
1: about Osama Bin Laden? Um, yeah, getting shot. Yeah,
2: supposedly they
1: used two almost stealth helicopters in that operation. Apparently, one of them actually went down.
2: Um, <laughs> Guess they did, did. They not test it beforehand, or what?
1: No. So apparently, where they flew into um, something about how helicopters work, basically there was like a a wind situation that the helicopter created, which. Caused it to be unstable.
2: Oh, okay. From the images from some of the videos I was watching, like it looks like the helicopters have two propellers. Like uh, it's like the main. I, what do you call the top part of a helicopter? Phil, just the main rotor head. Yeah, like it had two of the upper them. Upper control. It had two of them. Like one on top of each. Uh, one on top of the other. I don't know if that like. They can make it quieter that way.
1: That's what they use supposedly when they took out um, Bin Laden. Okay. Was one with two. So the most famous one with two upper controls is called a
2: Chinook. Okay. Well, I I don't know. Allegedly they're uh, hidden at this base, or they've been created there. So I I don't really know. But anyway, are you ready to start getting into some of the conspiracies, Phil? Yeah. Let's go. All right. Um so I found this on kind of like a, a possible list. A lot of these you don't have to believe could be taking place at Area 51. Um so I'm going to start off with something that will end up being another show eventually. Um that the moon landing was fake, obviously, right? And of course. it was shot at Area 51. The whole film was created at Area 51. Um, Some people say with the help of Stanley Kubrick, because he made the film uh, Space Odyssey 2001, I believe, or something like that. He's a really good director, one way or the other. So basically, in the very, very, very basic, why they would fake the moon landing, um, they weren't knowledgeable enough to send astronauts to the moon, and deal with uh, the amount the lethal amounts of radiation quite yet but they needed to beat the russians in the space race obviously and they couldn't go to hollywood and film it because it would leave it too openly exposed like somebody there would notice something fishy you know what i mean too many people too many people in hollywood so they did it at area 51 because it's so isolated and like nobody would know what they're doing and you know, they have an abundance of sand and all of that shit, right? So,
1: yeah, like, that shit would end up in like one of those Hollywood newspapers, right? Where they had like a casting call and shit,
2: right? <laughs> talking about it. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. They some say it could have been filmed here, it seems like a bit of a stretch. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I
1: mean, it's a lot of people, um, are really starting to believe that the Russians have always said that they never went to the moon because it was impossible um because of the radiation Uh, if you look at what the space suits were made out of and what the spacecraft was made out of that went to the moon they weren't that thick um i don't think really the amount of radiation that it would have to put up with it would be able to out of what compared to like what it
2: was made out of hmm so you okay well that makes a lot of sense. We're, we're probably going to obviously do the moon landing thing eventually, but are you in the camp that you think that we've literally never been to the moon or they just faked it that one time?
1: I think it's possible that we have been there on one of the other missions. Um, maybe we like made a breakthrough and actually went there, but that first time, I'm just not sure about that because yeah. they use so much training photos as real photos so it's just kind of odd
2: right and you know what like i said we'll probably end up diving into that on our own do you think they loaded up like citizens of pittsburgh just shot them up there and see what happened to them they would definitely be the best
1: (laughs) test dummies for that situation i mean like those Poor dogs that the Russians send up. They were real cute. You couldn't send yeah. those up. But Pittsburgh folk, I mean. Yeah,
2: fire them up there. They they have a very <laughs> high tolerance to radiation already, so. Yeah,
1: they've already been through enough with living in Pittsburgh. They can pretty much handle anything.
2: <laughs> All right. They're hardy folk. <laughs> them in Wisconsin nights. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. All right, so the next one is weather control. Could it be possible they... Use Area 51 to control the weather. So, according to the National Science Foundation, um, the US military did actually engage in Project Cirrus, I think it's Cirrus, a research effort in the late 40s and early 50s to find a way to modify clouds and use rain or perhaps whatever as some kind of weapon. Between 1962 and 1983, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration ran a project called Project Storm Fury in which scientists tried to use, storm, use cloud seeding to slow hurricanes through, though without much success. Um, and some speculate that they could be developing these weather control, whatever, chemicals or machines or whatever, they're being made at Area 51 because it's the perfect place to like hide crazy shit, basically.
1: God, sometimes you gotta love like what they name shit. Like, Project Storm Fury.
2: Like,
1: <laughs> that's so fucking baller. Yeah, like, I know, that's honestly, awesome. there. if that is a top secret name for something, they're wasting their name. Like, for a name that they don't think anyone will ever hear. Like, it's such a cool name. But it Operation d- Storm Fury. But and, it, do-
2: uh, it does fit along the lines of Um, them (laughs) trying to stop a hurricane, I guess. So during the 1980s, you
1: said this happened. I wonder if they at all tried to take out Hurricane Andrew, because if they did, I don't think they did a very good job (laughs) at all. Like Uh, that might be their big failure that kind of sent their funding (laughs) tanking.
2: Well, if anything, they must have pissed it off and made it a lot worse. Yeah, probably. Is that, (laughs) is that the worst hurricane ever reported? That one? Uh, pre-Katrina, I do uh, believe Hurricane Andrew,
1: damage-wise, okay. ever reported.
2: All right. Well, you know what that makes, I mean, yeah, that, uh, her Katrina was pretty fucking bad, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, just because of the situation New Orleans is in, but that was actually, like, nowadays, it seems like we have a lot more, like, larger hurricanes, so, with global warming, so who knows what's the, the next big one's gonna be.
2: Hmm, true that. Uh, anyway, so we're gonna move on to this next part. Now, this, this next one, I think might be one of the most intriguing things we're gonna talk about for, uh, in all the conspiracy things. And that is the unknown chemicals at Area 51. Now, I don't know if you've heard of this before, but there were two workers who would come forward with lawsuits against the U.S. government for burning chemicals at Area 51. So they claimed they were instructed to burn equipment and deadly materials in open trenches roughly the size of football fields by dousing it in jet fuel and then setting it on fire. The black... The,
1: Just the worst possible fucking way yeah. to dispose of something.
2: <laughs> I mean, I guess they can melt steel beams in there, right, though <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Jet fuel melts them steel beats. Yeah, that sounds like uh, they have this thing called shit lake. I'm not sure what country it's in, but basically, yeah, it depends on like you think about it happening in foreign on foreign soil, though. You wouldn't think about that shit happening on U.S. soil. There's just no way.
2: So so from this fire, it was a toxic black smoke that was just, you know, permeating out of this thing, just going into the Nevada air. What do you think the workers used to joke and call this stuff? Any guesses? I have no idea. Apparently they used to call it the London fog. <laughs> <I guess. laughs> it was that fucking thick, huh? Yeah, apparently. Well,
1: fucking you're burning all those alien bodies, no wonder. I mean,
2: <laughs> who knows what that shit's made out of? Well, allegedly they were burning some sort of chemical that they would that they would put on planes. To be used as like a stealth coating on the planes. Oh, that makes sense. So, uh, I don't know. They, so the lawsuits were obvious for, obviously for all the health problems they were facing after inhaling all of this shit. But how the government escaped all the charges was they refused to declassify the information about what they were burning. So then the lawyer couldn't charge them with like, I don't know, environmental things or whatever. That would be the greatest trial
1: on earth. Like, their lawyers show up with all the evidence. Five minutes before the trial, somebody grabs all their evidence and just takes a black marker to everything. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, bud, this is classified, this is classified. (laughs) They show up in front of the judge and the prosecutor with fucking nothing.
2: Like, uh, here you go. (laughs) So, So the lawyer who is suing the U.S. government claims that these clients, he would have to meet with them in, like, uh, secret hotels or, like, shady bars or, like, just to hide from the U.S. government about even talking about what they were doing there. Now, there is another thing that... Okay, how did it go? So they're supposed to burn the chemicals in a EPA incinerator. That's how they're... Everybody's supposed to do it. And yeah. like they said, they were just burning it in open trenches... Um, now it was something like Bill Clinton had made it illegal to sue secret facilities or something like that. So basically they got out of that scotch free. And I believe one of the guys who was trying to sue them died of, you know, his cancer or whatever before he could actually like do anything. So they were doing something. They're burning something really fishy there. And that's like literally, literally confirmed that they were doing that. But they don't know what exactly they were burning there. God damn it. I knew the Quintons were going to pop up in this somewhere. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we're just waiting for the other shoe to drop. No. Yeah. yeah.
2: Well, <laughs> you know who's coming. We're saving him yeah. for the end. We're saving him for the end. <laughs> the, meta, the meta conspiracy. <laughs> All right. So the next one, um, something you kind of touched on last week was Majestic 12. Um, basically, real quick. Uh, recap of it: They just were formed to conceal, collect, and cover up alien sightings and technology, and keep it out of the paper, like you mentioned. Um, they're twelve members, selected by Harry Truman allegedly. Now, why they're involved is they believe that they were operating out of Area Fifty One, like their home base was Area Fifty One, and they were concealing, controlling everything from Area Fifty One. Would it, you do you think that's plausible at all?
1: Um. Uh- it is. Um, I don't believe that those main Majestic 12 people would have all lived in the area at the same time. But it could be one of those things where, like, the main offices were there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it does make sense. It's like, you would want to keep that shit, like, off the radar.
2: Right. So maybe some people think that's where they, you know, like you said, had their board meetings or whatever the hell they do. So now um, probably the last two conspiracies that i have are obviously going to be the juiciest ones the ones that everybody's hoping to find when they storm area 51 and that, that is good
1: alien sex that's yes. what they're all hoping to find
2: <laughs> Air alien ass alien pussy that's what they're after there um yeah. <laughs> so yeah we're gonna start talking about the possibly captured aliens that are at area 51 now you had mentioned the alleged Alien autopsy video that probably everybody who's likes conspiracy theories have seen. Um, oh, yeah. And apparently a lot of people think that those procedures were being done at Area 51. They took the bodies from, say, Roswell, and they transported them there and then dissected them or whatever they did to them. Uh, a lot of people think they were doing that at Area 51. People also claim they see... Like at night, you'll see weird crafts coming and going or hovering around Area 51. Have you have you heard that before? Yeah, I pretty much heard that. Um, if
1: you go there, there's the alien UFO researchers. Any night that they go there, they'll see these strange crafts like the the strange lights hovering above and zipping in and out and all that stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, possibly reconstructed uh, UFOs.
2: Right, and we're gonna alien craft. we're gonna be going into that in the final uh, conspiracy about possibly building alien crafts and all of that stuff. So now the next part I thought was really cool. A man who goes by the name of vid- Victor Victor, my bad, um, had allegedly stolen a vi- video of an alien interview in the nineties. Have you ever heard I of this, this guy? love this one. Yep. You've heard yep. of this guy? It's okay. so good. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs>
1: yeah, I've seen it. <laughs> On July
2: 26, 1996, after several unsuccessful attempts to get a network television company to view and subsequently air his video, Victor contacted Rocket Pictures, an independent home video distribution company based in Los Angeles. Company Sounds b- legit. Rocket <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a fucking porn company in nowadays. Yep. So company president Tom Coleman, then reluctant at first, agreed to produce a documentary based on the video. After his first telephone conversation with Victor, Coleman sought the opinion of outside experts before going forth with making the documentary and, and invited ufologist Sean David Morton to view the video. Never heard of this guy before. So on March 13, 1997, Morton, being interviewed by Art Bell on Coast to Coast AM radio show, you remember this guy? Love it. Yeah. Made mention of the video and described it in great detail, thus marking it the first time the general public became aware of the video's existence. Victor himself also went on Art Bell two months later. Calling by phone and using a device to alter his voice, Um, Victor went into detail about the contents of the video. Now I want to play Victor describing the 2 minute and 55 second video. So let's listen to that now because it's actually pretty fun.
0: It was interrupted as you'll see. Can you describe for us what we're seeing? Alright, we're looking at the interview suite at S4. Uh, It's kept dark for the comfort of the aliens. The uh, figure who is just barely visible in the left foreground is the telepath and behind the camera is a raked seating area for observers although in this case I believe the only other person uh, present was a military aide. The alien is seated behind a glass partition in a biocontainment area which is maintained at biosafety level 2. The lowest uh, designation. That's primarily for the uh, protection of the aliens, not us. The theory is that uh, if they were going to infect us with an alien bug it would have happened 50 years ago. Um, in fact, uh, all the indications are the aliens eliminated microbial and viral life from their own ecosystem long ago. They aren't susceptible to our diseases directly but it has been shown that microbes can reproduce and form colonies within their respiratory systems, which tends to exacerbate the debilities they seem to suffer anyway in our environment. Uh, In fact, you can see here the alien is beginning to flag. Uh, The interview was not going well. The telepath was trying to clarify some points from a previous interview, but he wasn't receiving coherent responses. As you can see, the being is in real distress. At this point, the telepath is uh, sending out a message to the medical staff. Uh, He's trying to communicate with the alien, but he's getting no response. There's very little he can do. There's no direct connection between uh, his space and the uh, biocontainment area. That's the aide stepping in on the right. Uh, The medical staff should be there by now. They're they're slow in responding. There they are. I have to say the medical personnel at S4 are less than first-rate. They tend to be selected for their willingness to keep secrets rather than their medical competence. By the way, he's not shining that light into the eyes. It looks that way, but in fact, he's checking for hemorrhaging around the eye sockets and uh, in the nasal cavity. I'm sorry. It's very hard for me to watch this.
2: Oh, well, there it is. Um, quite a good video, actually. I'd recommend... Yeah, I'd definitely check that out if you have maybe uh, three minutes on your hands or whatever. I think you can just search Victor Alien Video or some shit like that. Um, if it is fake, which I think Phil believes it is, um, <laughs> then it's done pretty well, actually. It's done not too bad. It looks pretty good for its time, I guess. But for um, it's, It
1: does look pretty good. Yeah.
2: yeah. But like the part... At the very end, where they're like shining the light in its eyes and it's like kind of freaking out, you think a being that has like an advanced intelligence wouldn't be acting like a wild animal when he's shining a light at it, but I guess that's what it is.
1: I love it the way that the uh, the, the alien dude kind of like it, it looks like it's asking for a smoke, Marv, get me a cigarette. <laughs> <laughs>
2: See it'd be it's more like belie- it'd be more believable if they literally put a Marlboro red in his mouth and lit it for him and he started smoking it. Then it would be more believable to me.
1: That'd be great. It it does kinda remind me what you just said, how it kinda acts like a wild animal. Do you remember that movie? It was like District Twelve? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. all of the aliens in that movie were supposedly like the worker bees. Like supposedly like the smart aliens, like either like I don't know if they died or got kicked off the ship or whatever. But, like, yeah, all that the humans were left were, like, the dumb ones. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, kind of reminds me of that. Like, that's the dude who got, like, the aliens were like, oh, fine, you want us to send us somebody? All right, we'll send you the guy who mops the floors. Like, here you go.
2: (laughs) They send him the Cody and Phil of the alien world. (laughs) <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> Jesus, here you go. Take these Take fucking these fucking
2: assholes. take this fucking podcaster. Get them out of here. <laughs> They're not even Scientologists. Get them the fuck out of here.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, folks. By the way, all aliens are Scientologists. Uh, right. They got their Thetans all in line. <laughs> That's what so, you look like at the highest tier. Yep. You <laughs> just you're just a super bean. They uh yeah, um, uh, I do love that. It's just it is well made. Um it's good. I'm Honestly, if you go on YouTube and look up Alien Interview, it's going to pop up in the first five. And yeah. there's probably going to be four or five of them right yeah. there, like, in view. So, it's easy to find.
2: It's Yeah, it, it's a that. fun watch. It's a quick and it's fun.
1: Uh, yeah, definitely watch that Alien Autopsy and the Alien Interview. It's good.
2: Uh, all right, let's move on to the very final conspiracy. And I'm pretty sure... Phil you will certainly know this, and I'm pretty sure most of the world will know this um the man named Robert Lazar how familiar are you are you with this guy
1: oh yeah quite yeah he's uh he's a good one he's <laughs> i don't know if he's telling the truth or not but the guy's way fucking smart
2: he, like, is. he is he's legit in that department he is now okay if you heard in the YouTube video the thing called s4. Now, S4 is apparently the secret base close to Area 51 from what I'm gathering. I didn't want to go too far into what S4 actually is because I think that could probably be a whole episode itself. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, Bob Lazar, um, if you, first off, if you can muster the patience to watch his Netflix documentary, have you watched it, Phil?
1: Yeah, it's basically him talking with a bunch of random, like, Getty image shit popping up behind him. Is that yeah. the one?
2: Yeah, yeah, and he's bragging about how much he gets rated and all this and how much shit he knows. And it's just like, it's kind of fun, but it's very dry and very boring. And I just kind of get the impression this guy really wants to think he's very important. That's kind of the oh, impression yeah. I got out of it. But maybe he's telling the truth. I don't really know. Yeah, a
1: lot of the alien, um, like, people who want to, like, uncover that shit, they all sort of have that feeling. Like, yeah. they're more than willing to go on tour. They're more than willing to make videos of themselves.
2: Like, right. In 1989, Robert Lazar came out. He was, uh, he ra- remained anonymous at first, but he was claiming that he was working, he was part of a military operation that worked with Alien Technology and he went on to say that the U.S. government, in a hangar, has nine alien spacecrafts um, at S-4, which is pretty close to Groom-like. Um, now, Lazar said EG&G hired him to help reverse-engineer the technology within the alien craft to use in military vehicles and power production. This is apparently, you probably heard this in the documentary where he discovered a rusty, heavy substance he called Element 115 that allegedly powered the alien spacecraft. And Element 115, according to Lazar, creates a gravity wave. Um, do you remember hearing about this? Yes. He said that they
1: actually published since then, Element 115. Is that the the one you're talking about?
2: Well, I, I, I don't know if they've actually published it. He claims that... They, Is it on the periodic table? That's what I meant. Like something like like he how did he describe it? Like the in the documentary, like the physicists acknowledge that it could potentially exist, um, but they kind of did that normal physicist thing where they're like, it could exist and it could not exist. You know, it's basically like they're giving it the Neil deGrasse Tyson fifty fifty. They're like, oh, yeah. well, it's possible it could could exist, but it's not. They're not sure if it exists or something like that. But if you watch that movie, basically he's saying that the element creates a gravity wave, and like nothing can approach it. Like it pushes you back, kind of like uh, two magnets, right? Mm-hmm. And basically, they use that element to then create thrust because the gravity waves like pull it in a certain direction or whatever. According to him, that's what it is, and that's why the U.S. government wanted it, to create hovering ships, I guess, that they apparently never use and will never tell the normal world about, um, which, I, I don't know, do you think they would do that? Um,
1: They would, God, how long would they have had these things for? Like, since the 80s, if they are using this shit? I think before that. Before that, way before, I that. think that I think that they would have um, came out with it by now because everything else that they come up with, they eventually like use in other shit, right? Or using their own like fighter aircraft. So like stealth technology, we know about stealth technology. It's not like they're still hiding it, you well, know. Well, you've this is pretty far out there, though.
2: You've probably heard the thing that like basically allegedly after the Roswell crash, there was a huge technology boom. And, like, that's where they got lasers and CDs and radios and supercomputers and, like, all this stuff they allegedly um, reverse engineered from an alien spacecraft they slowly uh, uh, put out into the public, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. There also was, a, like, a large amount of money going into r d during World War II, so.
2: See, that's more logical. That's not fun, Phil.
1: Yeah, I know. <laughs> sorry, to, sorry to piss on your fucking, <laughs> piss on your parade. But.
2: Now, now, some speculate, okay, let's say the government has this thing that can create a hovering craft, but they might be just using it to build weapons to combat the aliens. It's like a global defense, I guess. Um, I don't know. What do you think?
1: I mean, that would be smart. You wouldn't want to warn people about the aliens because you'd be worried about society breaking down. So you would want to secretly prepare to fight the aliens, but not tell anyone you're preparing to fight the aliens. Just so you still have a society to fight for, I'm guessing. Right. Also, they've been slow feeding us aliens, supposedly, for, what, 70 years now? So
2: long time.
1: Yeah. Whenever that other fucking... Shit drops, like when they finally come out and they're like, "Yeah, there's," you know, just like they're gonna do it all nonchalantly, like that's how they do it. They'll deny something for fifty years, then they'll be like, "Oh, of course that's true." That's the same, like whenever there's those false flag things, like the talking golf, when that when that came out as a false flag, they're like, "Oh, of course it was," you know, after denying it for years.
2: Yeah. So the last thing on Bob Lazar here. Um, do you remember in the documentary where? He talks about claiming to graduate with a master's from Caltech and MIT, but there's, like, zero records that he actually had. Um, He claims the government's trying to, like, erase his... Not erase his existence, but destroy his credentials. Um, Yeah. But I I don't really know. Um, If you're bored and you got two hours on your hand, I guess you can watch the Bob Lazar documentary on Netflix. Um, It's not that bad, but just be, be prepared to, like feel like this guy really wants to get his dick sucked by the world, I guess. Um, but, but, yeah, that that's okay. Um, now we got to do our, before we get into our feelings on the overall scope of Area 51, Phil, I'm going to start with my Barack Obama conspiracy here. Um, All right. So I'm going to go with, at Area 51, Barack Obama is hiding his birth certificate. That's where he's hiding cool. it, under, like, it's deeply buried in an underground vault there that nobody can access. That's what they're hiding in Area Fifty One. Ah, uh,
1: now is this the birth certificate that says that he was born in Kenya, or the one that says that he was born on a distant reptilian planet?
2: Ooh, okay. Um,
1: <laughs> it looks damn. like fucking
2: Clark Kent's yeah. birth certificate. <laughs> um, let's go with the uh, the reptilian one. Maybe his his birthing egg is there. Like that's where his reptilian egg hatched from. That's why he's hiding it there. That would make sense. I'm
1: ooh. Let's see. That was a good one. Um. Yeah. Definitely could be hiding his birth certificate at Area 51. Um. I'm willing to bet that uh he actually got most of his uh training out at Area 51. The not Barry Satero. I'm talking about uh. When he became Barack Obama. So, you know, like the the reptilian that became Barack Obama. That's what I mean. So so like I I flipped that around.
2: So like the Manchurian candidate training?
1: Yeah, that one. So I'm guessing that Barack Obama probably had a normal human life up until he was assimilated. And that is Area 51 uh, S4 is where um, Barack Obama got the reptilian... Um what's that movie um Body Snatchers the body snatcher thing <laughs> happened to him that's where they implanted him and formulated him into the the future president and the future leader of the uh the dark government
2: <laughs> I could see that I could definitely see that so okay let's let's close this out um so Phil do you believe any any of these um conspiracies could be happening at area 51 or do you think it's just simply a like i don't know experimental prototype aircraft base where they just make shit
1: i could totally see okay so you said there was a conspiracy about it was kind of a little one that you mentioned but how they would dump and then burn um like the in jet fuel the stuff that makes aircraft stealth Without the EPA like nosing around and OSHA and all that shit, I can totally see them doing that. Yeah, just like well, we gotta get we have to get rid of this substance. Oh, just fucking burn it, you know. <laughs> I can totally see them doing that. Um, the secret aircraft, I do believe that they actually created a lot of it there, or at least tested it there. Yeah, um, I'll give that one like like ninety five. I'm so sure of that one. The whole dumping shit, it's 50-50, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Either they did or they didn't. (laughs) Um, What do you think about those two?
2: Um, Yeah, I I definitely think they are mainly using the base for experimental weaponry and aircrafts. I don't even think the chemical thing is necessarily a 50-50. I'm almost positive that's 100%. It's just they won't tell you what they were burning unethically there. Because they don't want anybody to know what the chemical or whatever was. You know what I mean?
1: I do. I'm not sure if that's what they actually put on um, stealth vehicles. I oh. don't know because there are some classified parts of those vehicles still. So the real ones.
2: Well, it sounds like the guys who were coming forward with the health problems, they were burning this stuff in maybe the 70s, late 60s, 70s. Okay. So it wasn't, like, modern. This wasn't like they were just doing it. It's just the lawsuits were just coming up now when they probably have fucking stage six cancer or whatever. Um, They're
1: already, like, rotting corpses pretty much. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And the one guy died before they could even do anything. So, um, but I will say this. I think that they wouldn't be putting the alien shit at Area 51. At least any longer. I think if this S four actually exists, it'd be there. Or the uh, what's the one in Ohio again?
1: Oh, um, fucking, uh, not Warner Robin. What's that called? Uh, I keep, I always forget that we talk about it every week, but I keep <laughs> forgetting what it's called. Um, but yeah, I think it. I think that it would be the shit that they probably collected from like Roswell. And from Kecksburg, I think, is, is at Ohio. It's where you were talking about.
2: Yeah. Why can't we think of the name of it now?
1: I, I don't know. It might be like, they might be not nervous, us, Right? So they're like they're fucking, uh, fucking our brains up, maybe, with that shit.
2: Uh, they're, can... they're shooting radars through our windows and we can't remember. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> All
1: right. God damn Barry, Barry satiro's on the <laughs> roof of the fucking apartment complex next door, <laughs> hit me with the laser. Everyone's like, holy shit, it's Barack Obama.
2: <laughs> Brock, what are you doing off there with that big gun? All right. so <laughs> I should say supposedly. What do you think about
1: alien, though? I mean, what percentage would you give that they are actually have an alien, like real alien craft or like reconstructed? Because I give it about, I'll give it three. 3%. On the condition that alien craft have ever come here, I would give it about 20. But
2: No, I'm saying like any base in the entire United States has an alien craft at it.
1: Oh god, that one's higher. I would say that one um, probably 25.
2: Yeah. I, that's what I was going with. Maybe not at Area 51, but at other bases, I'm saying. Like, I think mm-hmm. at other bases they probably have have one. Probably a base we've never even fucking heard of.
1: At least the Russians have one.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If not,
1: like, the United States probably has one, but the Russians, I would imagine, also have one. I think the Vatican might have some fucking (laughs) bits and pieces from one that crashed somewhere in, like, 400 or 1400, you know.
2: That could be.
1: The Vatican is really where people should be storming. If you want to know about shit,
2: that's where I would store I feel like the Vatican would use more lethal force than the U.S. government would.
1: Yeah, and you'd probably get a little molested, too, when, <laughs> when they caught
2: you. So you might want not want to do that so much. Little boys, stay at home. Only adult, yeah. <laughs> only adult girls go there. Nobody else. <laughs> All right. All right, Phil. So if... If any of our fans are storming Area 51 and they want to tell us about it, because if you send us an email about storming Area 51, we will read it on this show. I promise you that.
1: Guaranteed. Uh, Disclaimer. Don't do that. But we will read
2: that email. Guaranteed. We'll read it. All right. So where can they do that, Phil? All
1: right. Your email is at uh, subliminaldpodcast at gmail.com. Go ahead. uh, Email us anything you want about Roswell ufos air 51 storm and that bitch um we also have instagram uh, subliminal deception podcast on ig that's the best way to get a hold of us uh, we love the email but um it's really easy uh i check i check it every day i'm on there three or four times also have personal ones mine's sd pod Phil. i barely ever check that one but if you want to see what i've been eating lately go ahead get on there cody you got some
2: Yeah, you can add my personal Instagram that is Cody Zebub. add me on there. Uh, You can add my other podcast, BumbleBub Podcast on Instagram, or you can search BumbleBub Podcast on any of the podcast applications that you're listening to this episode on. Um, And the last thing we need you to do is to log on to iTunes, click the five-star type something in there, it doesn't really matter, um, and submit us a five-star review, it helps the show grow, helps us get to a wider audience, helps us put out a better product, it's just kind of a, you start small, it'll snowball into something bigger, that's what we're hoping, um, but anyway, I hope the last two weeks with the eminent Area 51 invasion, I hope I, maybe people will be listening to this while they're storming in the gates, that'd be kind of fun, but anyway uh
1: <laughs> right after they get fucking uh those
2: sandbag rounds
1: shot yeah. into their nuts
2: just don't <laughs> just don't tell tell the government that you heard it here because we don't need them uh, giving us the bob Lazar treatment so um we will see you guys next week yeah thanks guys
0: he's getting no response.